Welcome to The Wondering Mind, a podcast where we have candid conversations in hopes to break mental health stigmas and normalize speaking up about our mental health. Through this podcast, we will connect you to a diverse range of folks from all around the world who have struggled with their mental health, but have learned to weather through the storm. By listening to their stories, you may begin to feel empowered, less alone, and you may discover new ways that will help you navigate through your own mental health struggles. So sit back, relax, and remember, everyone's story matters. Welcome to the Wondering Mind podcast. I'm your host, Emily Elizabeth. Joining me today, I have Dylan Espinosa, and we're going to talk all about derby sitting counseling, which is his practice. We're going to talk about his mental health journey, and we're also going to talk about why it's hard to make friends, keep friends, Mm -hmm. the difficulties surrounding that. He'll provide some tips. So I'm really excited. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. What a good topic, too. I know. And as someone who is introverted these days, thanks to mm-hmm. COVID and the isolation and all that, it's it's tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's kind of even for extroverts, like I'm a pretty extroverted person, but it's still like COVID, you know, as we're coming out of it, it's even for me, I'm like, how do I talk to people again? <laughs> you know, so I feel that. Yeah, no, it's almost like we forget because we, because we've been just so accustomed to use Zoom and it's like, we're not lazy because I don't really like that term, but we found other outlets and other ways to do things so much more efficiently and not in person. Right. Well, we like adapted to the times and, you know, now as we're like kind of coming out of COVID or things like are starting to open back up, it's. It's like, okay, we, we learned a new routine and now we kind of have to like unlearn some things to get back into the groove of it. Yeah. And that's, it is crazy. It's really scary. It can be very intimidating. Cause once you get into mm-hmm. that routine and you're like in your little bubble yeah. going back out, you're like, well, there's a lot oh, I of people know. out here. <laughs> um, I have some introverted friends and it's just like COVID was a little like oasis for them for a little bit. Cause like, mm-hmm. this is great. I don't have to deal with people. I don't have to talk to people. Um, and it makes it a little bit harder when you actually do get out and about to be like, uh, like shake off the rust a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah. before we get into all that, cause we have a lot to discuss when it comes to this particular topic, I, I kind of want to let the audience learn a little bit about you first so that it can kind of get a feel for your professional background and what you do. So yeah. Yeah. So I, my name is Dylan Espinosa. I'm a licensed therapist here in Louisville. I am licensed in Kentucky and in North Carolina. That's where I grew up in Charlotte. So I'm dual licensed in both states. Um, I recently started my own practice in July of 2021. And it's really funny because like, I thought I had a really creative name. I was like Derby City Counseling. Like it really encapsulates Louisville. And then I'm like, and this is this is on me. Like I should have done like a basic Google search. But there's like Derby City Gaming, Derby City Pizza, Derby City Chop Shop, 
Derby City Council. And I was like, okay, so not <laughs> as original as I thought. But it's got nice ring to it, though. Yeah, that's kind of my boyfriend and I were talking about it. And I was like, it just, it still sounds good and like a Louisville staple. So we ran, we ran with it. Um, <laughs> so yes, I'm the owner of Derby City Counseling. Um, we also very much ran with like the horse theme. Um, nice. Fun fact, I've never have been on a horse. I've never been around horses, but like it's Louisville, you know, right? Derby City. Mm -hmm. um, so that is one of my things I want to do in 2022, though, is ride, ride a horse. A horse. Mm -hmm. Nice. You totally mm -hmm. have to. It's fun. Never have. Beautiful. Never have. They are, but like, I feel like <laughs> they, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so locally, I'm physically located in Louisville, and I typically work with anywhere from individuals ages like 14 to I think my oldest client is like in their 60s so pretty wide range specialty areas depression anxiety failure to launch which means kind of like that feeling stuck when you're not quite ready ready for adulthood but you're like of adult age um and then the main specialty is the LGBT community most of my clients fall in that category and yeah, it's been going, knock on wood, really well. You know, I'm kind of learning as I go as being a new business owner, but it's been it's been a lot. And I'm, I think I'm also learning as I network with other people that nobody really knows what they're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay. Cool. When you said learning as you go, I was like, oh, I can totally relate to that. No one knows oh, yeah. what the hell they're doing. Like, No, not at all. Like, I'm like... <laughs> I'm doing my taxes with an accountant and I'm like, oh, no. she probably thinks I am just, cause I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, there's right. Like, please help me. So yeah, it's been up and running for since July of 2021. Things have been going really well. And I'm really excited for some of the things in 2022 coming up as far as MindFest, yes. you know, MindFest mental health. That is awesome. And I hope to be involved with that different groups, different workshops, community talks, and, and things like that. Very much like you, I am trying to make mental health not only accessible, but also decreasing that negative stigma that comes around with it. Um, so that's kind of, that's the main mission. Like that's kind of what I'm, what I'm really trying to tackle. So that's a good mission. And it's a, it's a tough one to tackle because there's so many hurdles that we have to face. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Yeah. Um, mental health is one of those things where I feel like we're so close. It's like we're on the precipice of like it really coming to the forefront just from like a cultural perspective. I was watching like little snippets of the State of the Union address from the president. I know there was like, I think a mental health initiative that was on the books or in, in the pipeline or something. So I'm really hoping that we're like kind of turning the corner. Plus younger generations, they're just so, they're so great because they're so forward about mental health. And that is so good. Like mm -hmm. I talked to my parents and it's just, you know, the okay boomer generation of- Isn't it wild? Don't talk about it. Yeah. Yes. Like uh, it's great. I'm glad you brought that up because the more I become open about my mental health and all the things that I'm doing surrounding it and even just talking about it with my parents, like 
you know, mm-hmm. casually, privately, kind of like my own little therapy session with them. It's funny because I've noticed that they've refu- they still refuse to like talk about their own mental health. Oh yeah. Like they've gotten comfortable about me and like everything that revolves around mm-hmm. this mess. Mm-hmm. But it's just even when I like and I'm I'm getting more comfortable about broaching it with them, like asking them direct questions. Yeah. And it's just weird to see how they react still. It really is. Like even so I have I am one of four siblings and my parents luckily knock on wood, they're they're great, very, very progressive people. And I'm one of four and like, I'm a therapist. And I want to say three, three of my other siblings have been in therapy and gone to therapy and whatnot. And they're really open about that. But to your point, it is so funny because whenever I talk about like our family drama and whatever <laughs> that we always have, and I'm like bringing up, like the way they talk about it, it's like everyone else has mental health problems, but not them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. y'all are <laughs> you burst the us. epitome. Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> Um, like they get so offended when I'm like, you know, I feel like we kind of have this, like, you guys suppress emotion sometimes. And that like, is building up and they're like, we don't do that. We don't do that. We're, we're fine. And I'm like, no, what? like you totally do. <laughs> I'm that. a therapist. What are you talking about? Right. Um, I can see right through so, you all now. Yeah. It's always like, you know, ah, oh, that's so crazy that like, you know, I feel for these other families who have like mental health struggles and I'm like, hello like a we all do but like also so do you um but they don't they don't like that they don't like when I tell them that so I'm just like like you said again with the younger generation I'm just so grateful and so Mm -hmm. thankful that a lot of the millennials and everyone younger are really taking taking this to heart and running with it and trying to talk about it as much as possible because we I mean it's still pretty taboo. Like I was thinking about it the other mm-hmm. day, because I've done a couple, I've had a couple conversations with other people and they asked me, they're like, well, what do you think? Like, has it, has it gotten better? At the time I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, overall, it's still pretty, it's still pretty stigmatized. Like it, it's like, it's like a roller coaster. I feel like, you know, yeah. sometimes I feel like society looks at it in a more progressive and positive way. And then other times I'm like, wow, like what, <laughs> how did we get yeah. back here? Mm-hmm. So I totally agree. Totally. So let's go ahead and dive into the topic of the day, which mm-hmm. is how to make friends as an adult. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. And I was saying how I'm an introvert, you're an extrovert, and there's stark differences between how the two make friends. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the the, the hurdles that just generally speaking, adults typically face when it comes to trying to make friends? So that's kind of like this age old question of like, how do we make friends as an adult? And cause it's weird. Like it's so I weird. remember graduating <laughs> undergrad and it's like, what do you do? Like go to a, a bar or something and you're like, Hey, do you want to be friends and it's like well that sounds really creepy and weird um the thing is though if someone did that to me I would be like yes like I would like like I wouldn't think that was weird at all um and I kind of fell into this trap of like I want people to come to me to like ask me to be their friend because I was I have the huge fear of rejection so me approaching people is very difficult which is one of the reasons why making friends as an adult can be really hard 
So we kind of, we were talking about this and I actually made an Instagram post at therapy with Dylan, uh, shameless plug there, <laughs> <Love> but it. <laughs> it was talking about that study. And there was a study that showed like six, there were six main reasons why making friends as an adult is really hard. And one of them is introversion, right? So like just kind of having an innate discomfort with, you know, being overly social, like that's an energy drain rather than an energy fill, mm -hmm. you know? So that's one, right? Like putting us less, putting us in an opportunity and less opportunities to meet people and make friends. Um, Cause sometimes that's the name of the game with making friends. It's like yeah. putting yourselves out there, putting yourselves new opportunities and just seeing what comes of it. The second one, big one for me, fear of rejection. So like as a child and as a kid, I still remember this. I wasn't even bullied. I think I was just really sensitive, but like I, inside note, if you can hear a train coming by, um, I live. <laughs> is right that what that is? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear it every night. I, I have um, a train over my me too. So I know how that goes. Yeah. No, it's right there. I see it passing by oh every gosh. night. And yep, <laughs> really fun. Love they didn't that. tell us that but <laughs> when we got this apartment they didn't tell us that oh wow um, but as a child like I feel like I was always not invited to things and it just kind of made me obviously really sad and I, I I feel like as an adult I have trouble disconnecting from that like childhood history and like middle school and even high school of not really being included so even now as like an almost 30 year old I still have this like innate fear of rejection. So like approaching someone, my mind automatically goes to like, they're not going to want to be friends with me or like, oh, they're going to say no, or they're going to think I'm weird. And what do you think happens when we're in that mindset when it comes to making friends? Like, right. not great, you know? Right. Um, and then there's, I think a few others, we don't have to, we can get into all of them if you want to, or we yeah. can, those, those are just like the big ones, but the third one is practical things, right? So like COVID, if you have, you know, health issues, immunocompromised populations, going out in this time frame is can be really risky. So that's a legitimate practical concern that it keeps us inside. Uh, so that limits, again, the opportunities that we have to really make friends. Number four, is low trust. Hmm. How many of us fall Ugh. into this category? We just do not trust people. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, I'm not going to open myself up to you because I do not want to get hurt. Um, and that can be hard, right? And that also can stem from a lot of childhood trauma or just past relationship trauma, past friendship trauma, really opening yourself up and trusting someone only to be like stabbed in the back, taken advantage of, manipulated, and in turn, it kind of reinforces that like iron, like onion, like of opening up to people. So we don't really trust people. I think this is number five. Number five, lack of time. Yeah, right? so like, that's, ooh, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. So really busy with work, with hobbies. A lot of times the number one thing I find with my clients, it's work. Mm. Uh, people who just kind of really immerse themselves in their job. And part of it might be a, an avoidance mechanism, yeah. 
because mm -hmm. it's really scary to put yourself out there and make friends. So the alternative is to dive really deep into your work so that it's like, ah, oh, I just, I just don't have time to make friends. And it's like, well, <laughs> you do, but you might be avoiding it because it's really scary, which makes sense. And then the last one is pickiness. So being overly picky. So maybe being on that like pedestal of like, oh no, I don't know who's really good enough to be my friend or look being super nitpicky with people and kind of holding people to unrealistic standards and expectations. And that can be an issue with making friends, being overly picky with how we like go about meeting people and maybe being really like, uh, like looking for reasons why you shouldn't be friends rather than looking for reasons why you could be friends. So those are the six that, <laughs> that plague people and making friends as an adult. It's tough. It is tough. And I relate to every single one of them. <laughs> and it's wild because when I was younger, like all the way up through college, I had absolutely no issue with making mm -hmm. friends, connecting with people at all. I was around friends like all the time, sometimes 24 seven. And <laughs> I noticed that things for me personally started to get a little tricky and complicated when one, I stopped drinking because mm -hmm. we live in Louisville and basically our entire culture here revolves around drinking. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's been interesting. And then two, when it came to my mental health, I think for basically all of the time prior to now that I was being social. So elementary, middle, high school, college, I wasn't working on my mental health. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly following other people, doing whatever they were doing. I wasn't really in control of what I actually really wanted. And so mm -hmm. when I started working on myself and becoming self-aware and picking up these unique hobbies and interests and kind of diving into work, but in a way where I thought I would be able to meet more like like-minded people, I guess, I just mm -hmm. noticed a huge shift and it can get very lonely when the people you used to associate with or your mentality around socializing changes because you weren't completely yourself prior and you're learning more mm -hmm. about yourself and discovering, oh shit, like I'm actually a far more in-depth and like complicated human being. Right. <laughs> I'm not willing to just vibe with everyone and anyone like I used to do. Exactly. Oh, that that's such a good point because like, I, I remember I was just talking to a client about this and they're in like high school, getting ready to go to college. And I was talking about the importance of being authentic right mm -hmm. because when you meet people and make friends living kind of an inauthentic lifestyle or just like you're being inauthentic to yourself those people and the friends that you make no shade to them they're probably great people but it's the foundation is really rocky from yeah. there like it doesn't really lead to a very deep and meaningful connection if you are presenting an inauthentic version of yourself so really good point there, like being authentic and knowing who you are will probably correlate to deep, deeper, meaningful connections as far as friends go. 
Yeah. And that's hard to do for a lot of people. Cause that's something mm-hmm. that takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it could take <laughs> yes, years it and years. I mean, it took me most of my life, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. seriously. So that's, it's just, it's so complicated. So I guess, what are some ways that if folks are struggling with some of these, all of these, some different uh, instances or situations that we didn't even mention, how, what are some ways, I mean, are there ways that people can kind of navigate to making and keeping friends as adults? Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So good question. Because we talked about six things that really hinder our ability to make friends and why it can be hard. So I have four. I have four like go-to or like four tips on how to make and keep friends. And I've learned in my adulthood that like it's kind of more of an art than a science. And Mm -hmm. there's no like clear-cut recipe, but if I had to pick like four tips, it would be these. So Number one is proximity. So look for the people who are around you. This can be virtual, although I I encourage having a healthy balance of virtual as well as physical friends. So in this situation, you know, if you have no friends at all and are really struggling looking for community, of course, finding a Discord group or virtual online community, go for it. If you notice that maybe you, that's like all of your friends, I encourage to like find some physical ones. So by proximity, I mean like neighbors, people who you go to school with, if you're in college or something, if you go to church, local church members, looking for people who are accessible around you. So like apartment communities, right? So going to like functions, going to community events, going to the pool, Uh, things like that. That's the first one. So research shows that the people who are like readily accessible and around you and close in proximity are probably going to be the low hanging fruit that are easier to make friends with because they're just, they're right there. So that's one. One is proximity. Two is consistency. So be consistent. That is like, it's so so important, right? (laughs) Like going, showing up to one thing right? It's like, oh, these are really cool people. But with friends, it's about like momentum, right? Mm-hmm. And like keeping, keeping a finger on the pulse and keeping things going. So if you're really inconsistent with like, maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to think like, if you go to a yoga class or a exercise class, and it's really sporadic, um, you might find challenges as far as like, keeping that momentum going. So being consistent, showing up and like being a familiar face that will help like how many times do we do we run into something where it's like we if we're showing up consistently we start to recognize people and it's like oh I know you like and that makes us weirdly enough feel way more comfortable talking to that person because it's like oh you go to a you go to the gym at Germantown Mill Lofts, right? Like I've seen you there or like, oh, you play, bas- you play volleyball at Baxter Jacks and that boom, right there, you're starting a conversation and planting a little seed. So that's the second one, being consistent, show up. Three, finding similarities, right? So finding things that are interesting, not only to you, but also to them. So like a local meetup group, uh, 
a bike club, intramural sports, things that you're interested in, painting, et cetera, yoga. When I first started this sentence, I had none in my head and now I have like six. Um, so find similarities, right? Like we're more likely to vibe with people who, of course, we have the same personal interests. So what do I mean by that? It's like doing things that you enjoy that are authentic to you and show up consistently. And odds are you're probably going to have a better chance of meeting people and people who will vibe and be interested in the same things you are, because that's important. Number four of four is to connect. So we found a group that's really close in proximity. We're super interested in it and we're going to show up consistently. It's things we're interested in. So there's a lot of similarities for people who are going. We've done all those three. Number four, this is where it gets, gets tough for me at least. Shooting your shot, right? Ugh, so like, yeah. I know. I know. Oh God. <laughs> I do the first three great. And then the fourth one, I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and not talk to anybody. That's <laughs> what I do. Yeah. So like someone will four... approach me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <Hopefully. laughs> like you guys will be friends with me. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so four is connecting, shooting your shot, striking up conversation. And I know small talk can be like the death to some people, oh my God, but it's it's so necessary though. And it's like um, putting yourself out there, having conversation, connecting with people um, and just shooting your shot. And for me, like the connection piece that brings up my like fear of rejection, but that's how you, that's how you eventually take like an acquaintance to possibly a friendship level. So like connecting, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of something for me. So I I live in an apartment complex and I go to the apartment complex gym. So close in proximity, I try to be as consistent as I can with showing up around the same time that works with my schedule. And I love exercise. And I saw this one guy and he was wearing a Carolina Panthers (laughs) t-shirt, which is an NFL team and based out of Charlotte, which I'm from. And old Dylan would have been in my head and been like, oh, that's a cool shirt. I should go talk to him, but I'm not going to. (laughs) But I was like, okay, you know what? That's a similarity. So I went up and I was like, hey, like struck up a conversation. Are you from North Carolina? Do you like this team? You know, just starting to have a conversation. And like, it's in those moments where you plant those seeds. And not every seed you plant is going to make a friend or grow into a friendship, but the more you plant, the more likely some of them will. And I don't know if you're a plant person. Um, I have but one. I, <laughs> so oh God. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you have a lot, um, don't you? <laughs> I do have a lot of plants. Every gay man, I'll have like, but these are my kids. Um, I fell into the gay stereotype of like, I just have uh, my boyfriend and I just have a shit ton of plants. Um, But like with plants, Mm -hmm. you got to plant the seed, but you can't stop there. You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to make sure it has good sunlight. You got to make sure to fertilize it. You got to make sure to water it consistently. And that's how you grow a healthy plant. Same thing with people to grow like healthy friendships. We have to plant those seeds and continue to show up and nurture it so that it can grow into something. Um, 
So those are the four, proximity, consistency, finding similarities, and then connecting. Um, one of the things that have helped me recently that I'm trying to work on as far as my fear of rejection goes, so if anybody's listening that also has a fear of rejection, I feel you on that. I try to tell myself that if it comes up for me, so like when I was at the gym and it popped up in my head of like, you should go talk to him, do it. Like, don't think about it, do it. So like, instead of shooting and being like, oh, I should do that and being scared. Like if it comes up for me, follow that and do it. Does that make sense? So you were just talking yourself out of it in the moment. Like you weren't allowing that negative self-talk to take over. Right. So like, when something comes up, like in that moment, I saw a Panthers t-shirt and I was like, I should go talk to him. Old Dylan would have like kind of really ruminated on that and eventually talked myself out of it and gotten maybe scared and in my head. What I'm trying to do to get over it is to don't think and just do it, um, which is scary. It's like in, um, oh my God. Uh, what's that movie? Uh, Silencio Bruno. Uh, <laughs> what is that oh from it's from that pixar movie and it's so luca luca oh, so good so good mm. uh, so good but it's like it's basically ton like silence like we're not listening to that negative talk we're we're gonna shoot our shot and go for it so i have so many questions <laughs> yes yes of course <laughs> okay so for someone who struggles with their mental health day in and day out and it's a constant problem and it can be tough for some folks to maintain their mental health their life their work life if they're in a relationship their relationship and then adding on top of that friendship how what do you have a piece of advice you could give or some tips for because you said it, just like anything else in your life, you have to nurture it and grow it mm. and show up for it. So it's hard when you're showing up for so many different aspects of your life already and then trying to maintain and keep up with friends is like, can be very overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be for sure, especially if like you're more of an introverted person, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, going out so that social energy cup is usually drained rather than like fulfilled you know and that happens a lot because sometimes life gets busy we are dealing with not only like external things but also internal mental health things so i would say evaluate your plate like look at take a step back look at what's on your plate and can things be moved around where can you maybe take some energy from and add it to making friends and obviously like you don't need to dive headfirst into like the deep end with it like start small start slow you know trust your intuition with it but I really want to harp on though the importance of having relationships social relationships there actually was a really good study done it was a really one of the longest studies with longitudinal study and by that I mean they follow a, a group of people for a year's amount of time so over like a very long period of time and it was either harvard or stanford i think harvard but they followed a group of men and this was back in the day so obviously it was like maybe a little bit of sexism rooted in that but 
they followed a group of men from like, I believe their like 20s all the way, like every 10 years they would check in all the way up to like their 40s, 50s, something like that. So like a really good chunk of time. And they were asked a simple question of like, what, what is like the most, either like what's the most important thing in your life or what is contributing to your overall happiness and well-being and of course like money and health were on there but the number one most consistent answer was relationships so Mm -hmm. it was our social relationships and connection so I want to harp on that too I also would like to say it's not about quantity it's about quality loneliness really is a state of mind because you can have two friends and feel the most connected in the world, or you can have two friends and feel super lonely. So it's really kind of how you see it. So it's not really about the quantity of friends. That doesn't really matter. Um, I know in high school and middle school and even college, we're kind of judged based off how many friends we have. But as an adult, quality of our social relationships, that's really important. So to answer your question, yes, I would say evaluate what's on your plate, figure out, okay, hey, where can I like decrease a little bit in one area and increase energy in a different one? Because you don't want to get burnt out with it either because it, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm, that's really good advice. And I think a lot of people just need to be more aware of that and and taking that extra time to mm-hmm. evaluate what is actually going on, what you've already committed to and maybe ask yourself too like is this adding to my life or is this subtracting Mm -hmm. to my life is this filling my tank is this draining my tank yeah and then figuring out okay well if this is draining what's something else that i can replace it with that would add Mm -hmm. and maybe that does include building a community finding some friends getting involved in activities Mm -hmm putting yourself out there. I feel like this is just a common trend of 2022 for myself and probably for a lot of other people because I think of how shitty 2020 and 2021 were. I think we're embracing the the fear. We're embracing being scared and recognizing that because we've been so almost stagnant for the past two years with COVID mm-hmm. and all the ups and downs and stuff that there's nothing else to lose. Like there's excitement and opportunities and happiness potentially on the other end of fear. And to just kind of, like you said, silence that voice. A hundred percent. And it can be hard. I mean, the state of the world, it's only March in 2022 and we're off to a super hot start right now. Love it. Um, Right. Really? Yeah. Super great for everybody's mental health. (laughs) Um, But You're right. Sometimes, you know, we have to actively hunt the good stuff and life is way more enjoyable when we are engaged and we feel connected to the people around us. That brings out a sense of purpose. And that's why having social relationships is really important. It can be scary, but I love what you said, because it's so true is that like everything we want is just right outside of our comfort zone, but it's up to us to step out of that. No one else can do it for us. Like we have to do that and it can be scary. So for anyone who is listening, if you have put yourself out there and it worked out, great. If you have put yourself out there and it didn't work out, keep going, keep going. 
Yeah, because I think a lot of people that may get rejected even just one time, shy away from trying again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's it brings up, like you said earlier with your experience, it brings up those those triggers or those emotions of how it used to feel. And you're just like, okay, well, if this happens this one time, then it's going to happen every time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so- even me as a like, I am a therapist and I'm still like, I, that comes up for me all the time where I'm like, I put myself out there and I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing that again. I have to check myself and I have to be like, no, like stop. Silencio Bruno, like stop Love that it. silence and call myself out, like call out my thoughts and be like, just because this comes in my head does not mean it's true. And it takes like energy and intentionality in doing that or else you can just become pretty stuck. So it's, it's important. That's why I love this topic of making friends because everybody struggles with making friends as an adult. Sometimes it comes, it's come, may come easier to other people than certain populations, but for the most part, at one point in everybody's life, we're going to struggle with making friends and building a community. But when we do that in an authentic way, we really see our quality of life start to increase. Yeah, it just goes to prove just how crucial it is to have community because then mm-hmm. it fuels your, you know, all kinds of emotions that yeah. spark that serotonin and, mm-hmm. you know, fill up your love tank and gives you a sense of purpose, like you said. And it's wild because humans are very, like, we are so complicated, but we're actually very simplistic at the end of the day. Right? Like, we just I, want purpose, <laughs> love, and community. And that's it. Right. I know I totally agree. It's like, um, I love, I'm so fascinated by the brain and, and all of that. And it's like, it's so complicated and we still mm-hmm. don't really know all about it. But like, it's also, it's like three pounds of kind of fatty tissue and mush. Like it's very complex, but it's also sometimes not the most sophisticated either. Like we're really yes. expecting it to operate like a uh, fucking like, tesla or something and it's like so true. like an airplane and it's like no this is like three pounds of like mush and like fatty tissue that has some like neurons in there one of the most powerful things someone told me was like our brain is not there to make us happy it's there to keep us safe which i'm it's so true because how many times does our brain throw in a thought a really negative thought out of nowhere and you're like why why like, why is, what is this? <laughs> what is this? What am I to do with this information right now? Like, what the fuck? Um, so that's, yes, like our, our brains are like super fascinating, but also like sometimes they don't have our best interest in mind. They're there to keep us alive and there to keep us safe. But sometimes from a happiness perspective, they're like, let me remind you of your sixth grade trauma next time. <laughs> or like right before you put yourself out there, let me remind you of what could go wrong. Flashback. yeah it's like great 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 it's very helpful thank you it is wild how it does work like that and I think the more we have conversations that are very transparent like this people can remember that you are more of it you're more in control of your mind than you think Mm -hmm. and it's also a muscle so it's like if you're going to work out once a year you're not going to build much muscle If you're working on it once a week, you're going to start to see progress two to three Mm -hmm. times a week. So it's, it's, it's also to just reminding people that it, unfortunately it takes work and it's a daily thing that you have to work on talking yourself out of that negative self-talk. 
reminding yourself of certain things and it it takes effort but again like you said it's you're in control so if you want to maintain that happiness if you want to Mm-hmm. find your purpose then you have to work at it and sometimes yeah. it's hard for folks to do that but I mean it's worth it yeah it's necessary and every time we go against our default way of doing stuff so like as we get older we become very ingrained in our default way of doing things our routine every time we go against that default way of doing stuff we're essentially telling our brain hey there's an alternative route here So like when it comes to friends, if we're on this topic, like if my default way is usually like not approaching people be out of fear and fear of rejection, every time I put myself in a position that is going against that default way, I'm telling my brain, there is another way of doing this. Like I do not have to succumb to this, you know, fear of rejection the whole time. Like this does not have to be the default knee jerk reaction to things. Because to your point, we can retrain our brain Mm -hmm. to benefit us. And the more we do that, the more, the more likely we're going to find some successful outcomes. It'll become more comfortable. It won't be such a scary thing. It's just trying to get over that initial couple of times (laughs) and tell your brain like, Hey, you are safe. If you are rejected, nothing is going to happen. You might feel triggered, but you will get over it. It's like, you know sometimes it can be just a lot in the moment but again I think you're right with anything in life the more you do something the more comfortable you'll be at it Mm -hmm. and you'll start to reprogram that that way of thinking and your approach to certain things yeah a hundred percent beautiful oh my gosh it's like you go to therapy or something and have a lot of expertise in mental health um I love that chef's kiss I think that this conversation was really helpful. I I feel like we touched upon the introverted aspects and the extroverted aspects and a lot of the tools and tips you provided anyone and everyone can can utilize. But like you said, it's up to you to take that initial step, baby steps and mm-hmm. do something about it and make that change. And I feel like if you're feeling stuck, now's the time to do something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, now is the time yeah. to face your fear and possible rejection and just go for it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you kind of hinted at it earlier, but like, what's the worst that happens, right? You might feel embarrassed if someone rejects you or something, but you're going to be fine. Might bruise your ego a little bit, but like, we're going to be fine. And most of the time, if I gave you 60 seconds, one minute to name as many embarrassing things that happened to another person, you probably wouldn't be able to think of many times because we're not thinking about that. We think when we go through embarrassing moments that like everybody remembers it and that like, you know, cause we remember it so well. That so that means so everybody true. does. Mm. But if I gave you a minute to list out things that other people have done that you thought were embarrassing for them, odds are you probably wouldn't be able to get past like two or three or maybe even one. I can't even really think of anything. Oh man, I'm glad you said that. Because I feel like when another thing that I feel maybe stops folks from approaching other people or going into uncomfortable situations that are not the norm for them socially, they're Mm. 
constantly thinking of, oh, everyone's looking at me. Oh, I'm super awkward or I'm going to say the wrong thing or do do something stupid. And you got to think about it. And you're like, that's not how everyone that everyone's thinking about themselves. Right. Yes, <laughs> no one <exactly>. gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. Like, 100%. It's true. No one cares. Um, no, no one cares at all. And then I find like when I start to think about like, oh, I'm being awkward, then I like become more awkward and like how I'm acting. But no, no one is no one is looking at you or thinking about you. And if they if people are talking about you or whatever, then those people probably aren't the ones you really want to be super close with anyway. Yeah, that's something else that I was going to bring up um, earlier when you said, you know, the initial thought of approaching someone and how you might get that fear of rejection. If they reject you or if they give you some type of vibe, then that's a, a red flag for you and, and an immediate, oh, well, I guess that wasn't worth my time and energy anyway. So it's kind of like, if you don't approach, how will you know? Right. And if you lose, then you've gained something because you don't want that person around anyway. And if you gain yeah. something, then you gain something. So it's right. like a win-win. Is yeah. another way there's always, oh, a hundred percent. And there's always like lessons to be like, everything's mm-hmm. a learning experience. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, and maybe I don't, I don't know the statistic on this. Seventy percent of statistics are made up on the spot, but like, <laughs> I and I have no idea, honestly, if there's any data that supports this. But I would be willing to bet, based off my just total opinion, is that the worst case scenario of how someone will respond to you approaching them, striking a conversation, or something like that, nine point nine times out of ten will not happen. Like how many times have someone, and may, maybe there's some listeners that are like, uh, no, this definitely <laughs> happened to me. And maybe it did, but I'm thinking like, how many times have you approached somebody and someone was just a complete asshole? Like, you know, odds are they're going to be nice and at least somewhat cordial. Now, granted, there, there is always an exception to, to the rule of that. But like, for the most part, if you approach somebody and are being authentic and are being, you know, very like personable, odds are they're not that worst case scenario in your head isn't, isn't going to happen. And if it does, then yeah, you probably don't want to be friends with that person at all to begin with. Right. So, so it's a win-win. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Now, granted, this is like, this is such a great conversation. And I, I was joking with a few clients this week about like, what a productive, knowledgeable, insightful conversation we're having. And I, I fall in this trap too. And it's like, it's like, I will take this and I'll be like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, this is really important for me to do. And then I will not do a single <laughs> thing of it. But the seed has been planted though, right? Exactly. Regardless, yes. the seed has been planted. And so it may just like pop up, you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. get the urge to do something about yeah. whatever in this instance, make a friend so yeah and that's you know again even with mental health and in therapy it's like not every session is going to be the super breakthrough moment but it plants a seed that kind of sticks with you next time it comes up of like oh yeah I guess like you know I could do this route instead of my default way and the more we're exposed to that and the more opportunities we put ourselves in those situations the more likely we're going to actually one day do what we wanted to do 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it's so. like uh, prepping ourselves one little mm-hmm. step at a time. So we enter into mm-hmm. the situation, we check out the scene, do that however many times, and then finally at some point gain enough confidence to to approach someone and start that small talk or that conversation and engage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Well, this was a wonderful conversation. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think so too. I'm I love the topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you if if anybody is listening and wants to look at it may, you know, maybe forgot the the six reason why it's hard or the four tips, it is on my Instagram page at therapy with Dylan with one eye, not two eyes, D-I-L-L-O-N. I did get that wrong the first time I emailed you and I was like, oh shit. I, <laughs> I love how I you spell why. it though. I love how you spell it. D-I-L-L-O-N. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because my name is constantly misspelled. And it's not misspelled D-Y-L-A-N. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's always misspelled D-I-L-L-I-O-N. And I just don't, I don't get it. I'm like, (laughs) like, but in 2022, (laughs) like, yeah, like Dillion or Dillion. And in 2022, I said, my goal. And you were kind of one of the first people where I'm like, all right, we're diving in. You corrected it. Correct. I'm correcting people. Love it. Um, Because it just, it is non- stop and I know sometimes it autocorrects but my goal in 2022 is like to be like hey um just uh, my name is spelled Dylan D-I-L-L-O-N um and I even had to work myself up for that I was like I was gonna say yeah (laughs) I do deserve respect (laughs) yeah and that's another like thing that such a simple yet Mm -hmm. big thing to people is just that it's like a little sign of respect of just like, no, this is actually how you spell it. And like gaining that confidence to say something about it can also apply to this conversation too of, yeah. you know, t- just it d- doesn't matter, you know, just say the thing, yeah. like tell yeah. them what's up. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that that's been. Yeah. That's, that's my goal in, in 2022. Not that you were being disrespectful. Cause I know sometimes oh, yeah. it just auto corrects. Um, it's a weird way to autocorrect though, but yeah. Yeah, I, I was in, I was at, the, I was in Lululemon. God, it sounds so basic, but I was in Lululemon. <laughs> I get a discount because I'm a yoga teacher. So there you I, go. That's I, dope. I, go, I know, and the thing is, their discounted rate is like what it should be normally, and I just feel like I'm getting a good discount, and I'm like, oh, 25 off, and it's like, and it brings that the normal price to like still overly it, expensive but like, less maybe could pass for normally <laughs> right yeah um but I, you have to I went into the fitting room and they were like what's your name and I was like it's Dylan and they spelled it like d-i-l-l-i-a-n and I was like wait what <laughs> I, I, yeah I was like is this I was this close to just like popping off and being like what goes through your mind when I'm just genuinely curious and then I remind him I'm like you are a therapist in Louisville and like you cannot cause a scene all community at a, at a Lululemon in Oxmoor Mall did you, you hear <laughs> did you hear did you see that gay yoga teacher at Lululemon <laughs> popped off so oh my god yeah couldn't do that so I'm just like thank you very much thanks um, but I appreciate you, you and reaching out, having me on, on the show, love talking about this and obviously any other topic that comes up. Yeah. Can talk more about it. Absolutely. So I know you've, um, mentioned your Instagram, but do you have a website where people can check you out? And if they live in the Louisville or North Carolina area can make an mm-hmm. appointment. 
Yes. Um, so the brand new website, it's derbycitycounseling.com. And if you go on the website, you can read up more about me, my services, any sort of FAQs, um, and you can book directly from the website. So you'll click the book now button, it'll take you to the online portal, and then boom, you can pick a day and time and we can meet. I also offer free 15 minute consultations. So something like an initial meet and greet to see if, you know, if you're not quite ready to make an appointment just yet because you want to kind of feel out my vibe and get to know me. Um, I offer those as well through Zoom. So we'll just meet, chat for about 15 minutes. You get to know me, I get to know you. And then from there, you can decide. I think that's important to let people have a chance to get to know who is this guy that I'm going to be working with. So, but derbycitycounseling.com. Perfect. I also agree. I think that's a really great thing that you offer. So yeah, I hope people go to your website and check you out, follow you on Instagram. I love your account. I'm just going to say that. I love your account. It's, there's so much useful and helpful information on there. So well, job well done because yeah, Thank it's you. really hard to I've, like compete these days, but it's so good. I love it. I appreciate it. And I can't take all the credit. I do try to come up with the topics, but I have two fabulous interns who make like my vision and like, and they're super, super talented college students uh, just that are so good at like, uh, you know, creating posts and making it look aesthetically pretty and like really taking what my vision of the account and putting it like into action. So I can't take all the credit. They do <laughs> an amazing job, but I appreciate it. And I will relay that to them as well. Yes, you should. Well, I guess that wraps up our conversation for today. So again, I just want to say thank you for joining me. And I would also like to shout out to the listeners for their support and for tuning in to another episode of the Wondering Mind podcast. Until next time, maintain your brain and keep on wondering. <laughs>